Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Singapore is the most overworked country. Like you say, cut your work week by half. Should I still pay you the same amount? We also have the unhappiest workforce in the world. I'm not saying that Singaporeans are weak, right? But you know, it could be an overall sense of entitlement. So what is a good balance? Four-day work week. Can we go further to make it a guideline or even a law? Are we going that far? Do we work to live or live to work? This is your Daily Catch-Up. So before we get into the episode, we've noticed that around 50% of the people who are watching our videos are not subscribed. So please, it will do us a huge favor if you would just go down below and take a few seconds to press subscribe. Like and one second, not even a few. And then if you got extra time, you can say, I, I like before I, I watch the video. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by NTUC. And supermarkets might be the first thing that come to mind when you think of those four letters, but the National Trades Union Congress is actually so much more than that. And that's why today we have NTUC's Deputy Secretary General. Oh, uh, go. Thank you. Uh, uh, Mr. Desmond Tan. Hey. Hey. Hello. Hi, hi. Welcome hi, hi. to the show. We're going <laughs> to talk about that. Me. And the state of Singapore's working culture. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. That's what we're going to get into today. That's but uh, before heavy, we get heavy. into that, I uh, just want to do a bit of research. And before this, you were actually in the SAF and you were a Brigadier General, which is the same rank uh, for those who don't know as Lee Sien Long when he left the Yo, army. Yeah, I mean, wow. I mean Prime Minister Lee Sien Long when he left the army. Oh, you yeah. can call him brother Lee Sien Long. Yeah. This brother thing weirds me out. Does it not weird you out? No, it's, huh? it's, a, it's a way we greet each other in the union. Everybody's a brother. If you did the union event, basically everyone addresses themselves as uh, brother Desmond, uh, exactly. brother Jared. That sounds very churchy, eh? No, it, 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 sounds, it sounds okay like that. Because like it's a John. conversation, it's like we bro each other, you know? But it's not. Like when I when we first started coming in 2017, right? We were invited to the midday rally. rally thingy. Yeah. Then when on stage, right? They still need to use this brother thing, right? It's damn strange. In yeah. the union, we are like a family, you know? So uh-huh. if everybody's part of the family, we are brothers and sisters. I think it's nice because suddenly like all your titles, it doesn't matter like your status. Everyone yes, is like equal yes, footing. Equal. So but even exactly. the prime minister is my brother. Also, yeah. you don't call the boss daddy. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, like, not quite no. so what Brigadier General that's yes. what what is the, the thing one star. it's one star one star Ooh, one star amateur salute yeah so, so for a start I served 28 years in the army and you are 50 53 this year oh yeah cannot, really cannot yeah. Yeah. I feel like you still have a six pack eight pack uh, six. no 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 four six, no not at all they all consolidated into sure. one <laughs> okay. not, not, not appropriate wait yet. sorry so how does how does one get a star? You do your work. <laughs> yeah. No, like, okay, when you first enlist, right, you already signed on. Yeah, that. no, no. I first enlist like everybody else as a recruit, right? Uh-huh. National service. That time was two and a half years for me. Mm. 
And uh, after, just before I ORD, that time we call ROD, right? Right. I decided that maybe this is something I would do. Plus the fact that they offered me to study. The so sign-on yeah. bonus not bad also. La. The sign-on, <laughs> yeah. So I decided, okay, I quite like the environment. I quite like the nature of work in the army. Right. It's very people and it's very um, camaraderie, right? Brother yeah. also. Hey. Another place yeah, called yeah. brother. <laughs> and so I decided, well, let me just give it a shot. And that's where I stayed. Maybe for initially for eight years, but you know, one thing lead to another. I find that the purpose is still there and I continue right. until 28 years. I just become two SGs, yeah. Every year they give me the excellent what I corporal. Eh. I, I don't know. even know what it means. <laughs> then the NSF, they just come to the ship, they straight away, Sergeant. Yeah, I'm the lowest rank person on the ship. One notable thing I want to like uh, highlight in your career, right, that I found in my research is that you went to Afghanistan. Yeah, ah. yeah. You actually participated in the International Security Assistance Force. I don't know why I did this. So what exactly do you do there? At the time I was uh, deployed to Afghanistan for about seven months and I was the commander of our national contingent who were deployed there for several missions. We had a medical surgical team, we have the reconstruction team, and we also have a trainer's team. Right. So I was the commander responsible for their mission, for their well-being, and to make sure they all come back safely. Why did Singapore go? Okay, so the International Security Assistance Force is part of the NATO arrangements, right? Yeah. The North Lions Treaty Organization. So we supported our partner nations to provide assistance to help the reconstruction of Afghanistan. Mm. At the time, of course, the war is still going on, right? With the Taliban mm. and, and so on. So we, we wanted to help the nation sort of uh, the government built the nation. Yeah. Every now and then there are still rockets dropping from, from time ah. to time. Yeah, even where we were staying, we do experience, I have a personal experienced quite a number of rocket attacks uh, where we were. Oh my <laughs> God. Since so yeah. 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 that, right? I've really. experienced rocket attacks. Yeah. So yeah. bullets have flown in your direction before? Uh, not immediately, but uh. I had definitely can hear the firefight, you know, like how we right. do in training. Yeah, I think the closest I came to any kind of uh, attacks was a rocket that landed within the base, 300, 400 meters away. Uh, right. So we can ex actually experience the, you know, like artillery, right? Yeah. Bomb, boom. And then, the so suddenly there's a giant crater in your base. <laughs> there are, yeah, there are, there, are, there are craters all over. Yeah, the cookhouse so is rockets, over there, just walk past the crater. Rockets are fired. <laughs> so like, and, and everyone just no. kept their shit together. Like, okay, no. we, we simulated this in training. No, no, actually there is a drill. There's a drill. So the drill is that when you hear a siren, in fact, one of our job in Singapore army when we deployed there was to actually provide that early warning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That three to four seconds make a lot of difference between mm. you standing straight and you horizontally on the ground, right? Yeah. You can save your life. So the drill is when you hear the siren or you hear some kind of explosion, we hit the deck. Right, right. So you just go flat lah on the ground, wherever you are. But what yeah. if you're on the toilet? Eating. Yeah, same thing. Oh, well, unless you're in the hardened toilet, then it's safe. But otherwise you ah, should- there's such a thing. bulletproof the whole- The strongest structure in the camp is the bulletproof toilet. toilet. Yeah, the whole uh, accommodation, uh. even the where we sleep, right. it can be hardened. Okay. So they have reinforced uh, material. So yeah. do you look up? 
Oh, like you, you hear the thing, will you? <laughs> my first instinct is you're the only one that's why you're not going to look like Afghanistan. I wonder if you're like still conditioned to it. Like we play the siren now, right? You're like no. Actually, you're to be honest, there for a few, maybe a few days. I wouldn't say weeks after I came back. Ooh, PTSD. There, there, there is a bit of that because oh, you're shit. so used to it. I did achieve something that I've always wanted after I came back, uh-huh. which is I had my third child. Oh, which is a daughter. Oh, so the story so- is that I have two boys, right? For a long time, my wife uh, didn't want to have a third one. But when I came back, I told her that actually, do you know that statistically, most people who go to Afghanistan, when they come back, actually, they all have daughters. Mm. <laughs> I kind of like... But I had some data points yeah, to prove yeah, to her, right? Okay, and then okay, she okay. said, yeah, okay, if that's the case, yeah. yeah so right, right. We tried like, and I got a daughter. Oh, oh sick. Yeah. Well, well, that's, that's <laughs> I don't know whether there is this radar <laughs> thing on the water in Afghanistan. So <laughs> if you want to get a daughter, go to Afghanistan. Go to Afghanistan. <laughs> you have a rocket fly. Now you know, guys. I mean, obviously you're not wearing a army uniform now. You are wearing the NTUC uniform. So how do you go from Brigadier General, right? So like the deputy secretary, I did it once, but I can't do it again. Deputy mm. secretary general. Secretary. <laughs> Let's go with secretary. Yeah. Just, just DSG. The uh, DSG, DSG yeah. of uh, NTUC. <laughs> okay, yeah. so after I left the armed forces, which is about seven years ago, I went to the People's Association. Right. So I was the chief executive for about three and a half years. And before I was uh, asked to join politics in right. 2020. And thereafter, I was uh, asked to join the government in, in the Ministry of Home Affairs and Sustainability Environment for two years. And then I was asked to come to NTUC. La. But you're still like somewhat like involved in like politics, right? Because yeah. you are actually my MP. La. Oh, Pasiris. Pasiris boy. I see your face in my leaf every day. Now good. So I am still the member of parliament mm. for Pasiris Pongo GRC and mm. I look after Pasiris Central. Then how you split your day? Because I know like MPs have like, you know, like meet the people sessions. I saw yeah. your like visiting hours or whatever. And then there's still a full-time job here. At, like, yeah. NTUC. So essentially it's day and night. So daytime I'll be doing NTC work. That's my full-time job. And at nighttime, I, most nights I'm in Pasiris. And also weekends. Weekends I'm usually in the Pasiris as well because oh. that's where the meeting the residents, um, you know, doing programs together. But you do live in Pasiris, right? I don't. I don't live in Pasiris. So I, I, I commute. That's why you have to keep going to Pasiris. <laughs> 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 that's why you speak like you don't live in Pasiris. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But yeah. I, I think I know Pasiris quite well now after mm. three years. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful town. Yeah. yeah the best. Really best. Best in Singapore. And how many I don't towns? know about that. <laughs> Anyone want to have any? <laughs> hey, Bishan one. <laughs> Bishan should have been right. So I don't even need to argue about this. <laughs> so we, now we move on to the real reason we invited you here, right? <laughs> but if you mm. give me three, right? And four days of productivity, right? Mm. Perfect. Actually, it's a really good balance. No, I also yeah. think so. Yeah! yeah! Hold up! Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to join the TDK Union. And back to the episode. Got benefits. Okay. Got, got benefits. Got benefits. We're figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to unionize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we wanted to talk about Singapore's relationship with work. I think the growing sentiment, if you crawl Reddit, for example, or we look at the media, and I think Jerry has prepared some articles. Mm, yeah, I actually had some stats. La, so uh, that we are damn tired. Wait, wait. And then I want to uh, say this. Go ahead. Yeah. Why, why I feel like this could be appropriate uh, to ask you or to discuss with you is also because, you know, for, for our viewers, y'all might hear this word tripartite a lot. So basically, the tripartism within Singapore is the government, the businesses, and the workforce. 
uh, or, or rather the, the people in a sense. Lah. And so the union will then be the representative for the workforce. Hence. Very well summarized. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about Singapore's relationship with work, but Jerry will kick us off with some yeah. of the articles. <laughs> yep. So I have two stats. Lah. Uh, so according to Singapore Business Review, right, uh, Singapore is the most overworked country in uh, APEC. Lah. In the article, it said that uh, Singapore has the longest working hours per week at 45 hours per week in the Asia Pacific region. Lah. Another article also said that uh, we also have the unhappiest workforce in the Ooh. world. Oh. So a survey was conducted right, and 48% uh, of workers were unhappy with their workplace. Lah. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know, do you guys feel that way? Yeah, I was going to ask. It's about right, lah, I would think. So I'm... Hey, you're my boss. No, no, no. I think, right, people are unhappy, obviously, because they're overworked, but they're overworked. Everything depends on the context. Like, sometimes people are overworked, not because their bosses tell them to work longer, but because they feel like, oh no, if the person next to me is working until nine, I need to work until 10. And then the person next to me is like, oh no, if they're working until 10, I need to work until 11. So then this competitive nature. So it's a culture thing. Uh. I, I, like, I, I honestly feel that like, because to me, right, it became very clear to me. I used to do that when I was like a young, new graduate or whatever, right? And then after I realized, no lah, like work-life balance, I'm going to leave at 6.30. And I was happy. And come to work at 10.30 or so. <laughs> he didn't leave the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I got a photo for proof, right? <laughs> when I slept last night, I saw that my phone had 15%. Usually 15%, right? I will wake up with three. No, 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 but this is an important story to tell. Don't sleep with only 15% of battery left. I don't know, I feel like, COVID played a big part. Like I felt a very major shift, right? In 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 working and 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 in my with my friends and their and their and their jobs and whatnot, right? Mm. Like after COVID, suddenly, right, the 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 feeling and the motivation, the drive for work are like diminished like quite a fair bit. Like people feel like a bit more sian, a bit more sluggish. And then we look at like the transition from like work from home to after that, and then like companies agreeing about agreeing to do like flexible working hours or like working schedules and all that. Then now we see, as Denise said, the word is but regression uh. to <laughs> to like just, you know, the back to the, back the, to the old ways already. Lor. Yeah, and I think people find it difficult. Like the adjustment is difficult after you've seen a different a way that we can live. Yeah. yeah. So I do agree with John. Actually, COVID has uh, given us or maybe many of the companies something to think about in terms of flexible work arrangements. I think prior to that, maybe it's a bit harder, right? For for business point of view oh, to I say that, of. okay, you can work one day at home or two days at home. But I think because of COVID, it kind of opens our minds. So for some company, actually the productivity may not drop as much. Mm. And they begin to realize that actually, eh, the outcome is still good, right? At the same time, I think from the employee's point of view, we see that uh, it does help them especially many of us having to deal with uh, parent care, even child care. So this flexible work arrangement is something that I personally believe, strongly believe in. Mm. Uh, in the past, I think it's uh, it's really up to the employer, the bosses, right? The boss mm. are more flexible, so you're okay. You just ask for an hour off to do a minute and so on. But question is whether can we go further to, should we or can we go further to make it um, a guideline or even a law? Right, you mm. legislate it. Wow. So I, I'm not. I'm not, suggesting, I'm not suggesting. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. But I'm just saying that this should be things that we all constantly consider. From from my perspective, I think from the union's perspective, we want to support our workers and flexible work arrangements. To me, is a very good uh, solution to address the needs of the company and to yeah. balance the needs of the workers as well. I actually don't like working from home. Eh. 
Yeah, because like I I remember I don't know if this is a sentiment, but like uh, I feel like I don't like that my home is my office, and then like no separation. Uh. We are we mm. work from home one day a week. <laughs> And I feel like that is actually my most unproductive day. I remember when we were working from home and we didn't have a choice that time, right? It was also a period where I could see standards dipping, not not drastically, but I could see standards dipping. And then I realized, okay, like for example, um, like if I use this as an example, sure. okay, that if you are in the office, you are excellent. Your output is great. Like I really like your ideas and all that stuff. But when you work from home, the like you said, you are unproductive, you it could be sluggish, it take longer to come up with good concepts and whatnot, right? So if we, if I appraise him as someone that is working from home because we work from home, then he will fail my appraisal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but because when he's in office, he's very good because he got questions he can straight away ask. Yeah, he, he wants to better understand something, he can walk to that person and, and understand something. And so then that helps me help him. But personally, I actually don't care where you work. Right. Produce outcome, right? Yeah. If you produce the outcome that you give to him, I think that's that's the real measure. That's very individual based, right? Because my wife, right, is the complete opposite of me. Right. <laughs> like she would, she uh, works from home like three days a week. Right. Like very heavy work from home stuff. And she still gets like all her work done. Right. And like to her, right, going to the office is like a complete waste of time. And it's, no, not agree, like, it's not like we're yeah. working like completely different. Like we're both in the creative field yeah. and somehow right, I just can't wrap my head around it. I don't like that environment being the same, but she, right, she just thrives, you know. There's she also might, parents that, that need to stay home for their kids. There's also parents that want to go office to get away from their kids. Like they can't mm. wait for the confinement to end so that they can go office and like take a damn break. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I think homes are generally not designed for work, right? So we want to have some separation. When I go to work, I go someplace. When I come home, yeah. I'm home. So I think during the COVID period, when I did many of the house visits to my residents, <laughs> I do see that some of them are still on their computer and laptop dinner table you know, mm. at eight, nine o'clock. Yeah. And they say that actually the lines are being blurred now. Yeah. It's very yeah. hard to separate what time is my work time, what time is my off work time. Yeah. Yeah. So there are some pros and cons uh, to it. On that note of like, workplace unhappiness and what you mentioned in terms of our businesses regressing regressing in terms of how they manage. And I feel like it could be an overall sense of entitlement that could be a generational thing or it could be Singapore experiencing its wave of good times, creating weaker men. You know that saying, I'm not saying that Singaporeans are weak, right? But you know that good times create weak men. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not sure if it's that. I feel like n- no matter who you are, chances are, no matter who you are and what you do, like I feel like 70% of you would feel that you are underpaid. Yeah, because if you are a very, very high performing individual, you definitely feel underpaid. If you are not a very low performing, not a very high performing individual, chances are if your employer wants to keep you um, and not fire you, your, your employer will try and work you a little bit harder to make sense to keep you. Mm. Plus your then payment that's where stagnant. you double the disparity of yeah. overwork underpaid. Do you feel that you're overworking? Like, I mean, in today's context? Yeah. And <laughs> Let go guys. Let go. <laughs> okay, I personally, think, I personally think that the overall structure of like, because I think you mentioned one of the stats is 45 hours a week, right? Mm. I don't think that makes sense. Yeah. I think realistically, we should move away from that already. The, the, the long durations were because of a different time, a different age, and they needed the, those to clock those hours. But today we live in a world where you can be hyper efficient, you can do so much, right? <clears throat> in a short span of time, and then spend the rest of the time doing other shit and actually living your life. Well, there are studies that say that uh, people are only, workers are only productive for like 
three, four hours of the day. And then the rest of it, they're actually just trying to put up an act of like, I'm doing work and yeah. all that stuff. Mm. Yeah. So then, yeah. then if I'm hearing 45, to me, that doesn't make sense at all. Uh. I mean, it's, to me, it's unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it could be wayang. Uh. But, but we do need to figure out how to optimize it. Hmm. So that if say, I think we talked about this before, so right? Like you say, cut your work week by half. Should I still pay you the same amount? Yeah. Yeah. But if I'm delivering the same amount of work and the productivity matches, then why not? Right? But yeah. <laughs> but it's what you're doing. You bring the set, you see how you look at it. But it's really understandable. Yeah. Okay, you know the dynamic. Okay, you're just quiet. Back up, John. In NTC, we say every worker matters, you know? So I'm here to support I'm also workers too. <laughs> I did have stats on like how Singapore is the most overworked country, but I also do have stats on like maybe someone we can aspire to be like the least overworked country in uh, the world. Let's confirm some any, Scandinavian. Any guesses, guys? Scandinavian. Close. Luxembourg. Ah, mm. yes. Also the richest country in the world by <laughs> Per capita, and that's interesting, right? Because it's like their national legislation caps the working week to forty hours, and they are the happiest. Ah, that's the lowest ready. Ah, we just fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> Employers are required to compensate employees at a premium for overtime. Work on Sunday is prohibited, uh, except essential roles such as maintenance and security personnel. It's not like you work on Sunday as well, but okay. <laughs> so I think there's a bit of a context and culture to it, right? So the society's culture, the expectations and the lifestyle that we are so used to, shops being open in the, late into the nights. So I, I guess people have to mend those shops, right? If you want to have services that are available after our work hours. Yeah. So unless we all agree that maybe after seven o'clock, everything is closed and we just go home. Like so Australia. Australia. <laughs> yeah. then, then there will be there will be a possibility for us to recalibrate the work hours but essentially I think there is a bit of a cultural aspect to to how yeah. we view work in not just Singapore but Asia in general there's some commonality of how we see work and life yes the, the pay is one aspect yes the overworking is one aspect but I think I was recently reading like Reddit and it, oh, this kind of topic always comes up every, like once mm. every two months which is that everyone like there are people who feel like I work five days a week to live two days a week and so it, it's such a struggle because yeah. I'm giving more away than I'm actually taking for myself in terms of that time to just be myself and by the time the weekend comes you're actually so tired from the week that you're actually just going to stay home and rest what are your thoughts on that? The question is, am I working now or am I living now? Right? How do you define work and life? Right. So it's a bit- I'm working bit, right now. <laughs> You're working I'm right now. working now. <laughs> Where would you rather be now? Luxembourg. <laughs> so I, I think personally, I, I see that, you know, in, in our context, okay, I've been working since I graduated, right? So- I don't necessarily see the big separation. Maybe it's a, it's a generation thing. In my generation growing up, to see that actually work is very much a part of our life, right? It's work, uh, family, and of course, me, my yep. own time, right? my own freedom, sports, whatever you like to do. So it's always balancing these three. And I think having this work-life dichotomy suggests that actually you are just working to live. Mm. But I, I do think that, and th that's definitely not what I'm, I believe in, that you don't just work to live because otherwise then you, you can do anything just to make enough money for you to live. I personally believe we should do something that we feel that there is a purpose, that we believe in, we can contribute to life and other people. I think that's more important than just finding a job. So in, in that sense, I think I'm more the live to work 
person where oh. I find to me it's more important to find the purpose and work then become part of my life. It's not a complete separation that, you know, I work just so that I can spend the weekend yeah, yeah, yeah. with my family. But mm. actually when I work, I find purpose in my work and contributing. That's part of my life too. It's also life fulfillment through your work. Wow. Yeah. Like, okay, work yeah. is part of your life. Yeah, but not yes. everyone has the privilege to to get yeah. to that situation though. That yeah, scenario. no, so that, that was the conversation that I was having with my friend the other day about, yes, it sounds a little bit privileged, right? Mm. But at the same time, right? If you're in the other circumstance, right? Where you have to work to live, right? Is it that you fall into not pursuing the thing that you want hard enough? So you end up just like, okay, now I need to settle for something for money or for whatever, right? And then you end up falling into the trap of of, of leaving the other, the work to live on. Uh, like you fall into that box. Yeah, I, I think it depends on the process because I think if you look at what are my passions and then let me just go and pursue that because I confirm my purpose. The problem is that not every passion pays well. Like if you want to be music, you yeah. could be an artist yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and like, unfortunately you have to be the very best to really get that proper payday. So then maybe the process is whatever work that I have somehow ended up in, how can I find the purpose so that I, Add, add another layer to the work that I do. But it's difficult. Like for example, Jared, mm -hmm. like when you went over to the other company, right? And do a different job, right? Sure. What was that? What was that feeling that made you say like, I cannot do this? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's completely Oh, sorry, sorry. His words, his words. Just paraphrasing. When I left this company for a while to go pursue another track, right? Uh, what I thought is that, okay, I am done with like pursuing passions. And like now I'm just going to do it for money. Yeah, mm. the money then yeah. is comfortable. Because the pay was higher and all that kind of stuff, benefits mm. and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, one and a half years in, right? I just realized I couldn't do it anymore. Like if I'm going to spend two thirds of my day, right? In this thing, five days a week, then I really need to have, find some purpose or meaning in what I do. So I, in the end, I just came back. But I will have to say, right, uh, so in between the two jobs that I like going, leaving here, coming back, uh, I did take a one month, uh, one and a half month break. And for the first time in my life, I was given free reign to do what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And then I say, this is my one chance, right, to pursue my passion, <laughs> to do meaningful, to do what I want to do. Is yeah. this when you bought the MIDI controller? So I bought a whole ton of music equipment. Say, I'm going to kickstart my <laughs> musical career. <laughs> I'm going to like download uh, courses on Udemy or that, yeah. like the keyboard, hey. <laughs> how to learn how to play piano. Upskiller. And then I told myself, you know what? I'll make that my job. I will wake up at office hours and I'll dedicate eight hours right. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A night, like a nine to five, but doing what I want to do. Mm. Okay, okay. That lasted about one week. I spent the next one month, right? PS5. Right. For like uh, four, four, four. No, just change. Gamer. 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 Yeah, so, so what I re that, what that made me realize, right, is that I do need some structure in my life. Eh? Yeah. I do need like that kind of like shift of work mm. to kind of feel some like- routine, right? Yeah, some routine. to kind of deserve the time to pursue my passions without feeling yeah. very guilty. Yeah, if not, yeah. you play a game, you feel like- Yeah, I feel- I, 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 what, My wife game. look at me like, yeah, you're, you're wrong, a bum man. Like at the end of the day, right? If at the end of every single work day, I don't feel like my brain is fried, right? right. I don't have good dinner. Oh, <laughs> yes. Really, really, I feel like I didn't earn this meal. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But I, at the same time, I feel like, Coming back to the workforce, it can be tweaked a bit. La. So what is a good balance? What is a four good- Four-day work week. Four-day work week. I think that's the perfect your conclusion. When I stay at home to do work Monday, I'm not productive. <laughs> no. Four-day work week. No, because I- <laughs> Now I feel like I'm back in this grind. Right. I feel like I work two thirds of my day. I go back, I 
walk my dog, I eat dinner. By the time I got one hour of myself to, to pursue that music again, then I feel like, okay, now I'm working for the weekend, two days a week. That's not enough. But if mm. you give me three, right? And four days of productivity, right? Mm. Perfect. Actually, it's a really good balance. No, I also yeah. think so. Yeah! yeah. yeah. But if mm. you give me three, right? And four days of productivity, right? Mm. Perfect. Actually, it's a really good balance. No, I also yeah. think so. Yeah! yeah. I feel like one day, if when it becomes legislation, we'll all be up for it. I think many employers will all be up for it, except maybe the manufacturing The sector. four day work week? Yeah, oh, I okay. think most would be, because I think it's the expectation from the other end. Because if we are the only ones to do it, we work with so many government bots as well. They are working five days and we are not replying on the fifth day. And we can we could stagger, but a lot of the stuff that we do require a team, like a production team, you cannot just take one person, <laughs> you know? And, and so then when when the wider industry doesn't expect us to be on on mm, five days, mm, yeah, mm. we can cut it down to four. That's cool. But so the other yeah. way was horrible. So right? like once we became globalized, right? Now you're expected to sometimes function 24 seven in certain industries. Like you work around the clock and all this kind of thing. Then it becomes, it's the opposite, so unhealthy. Then that's where the legislation is important. Ma. But it's, it's with that globalization that I also realized that many Singaporeans, the skill set are not improving and they're stuck at a certain level. And then you we realize, oh, I see. I see why that global talent pool is so attractive. Right, right, It's right. so much cheaper. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that was a big wake up call for Singaporeans also to hmm. realize that they are competing with a freelancer in Nigeria or like Russia. Did you all manage to work five and a half days? The five and a half day work That used week. to be the norm, right? Be, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I remember yeah. my parents having- My mom used to say that. Your parents, that means that's my generation. Saturday half day. Saturday morning. Half day. Yeah, yeah, it used to be the case, you know? I would follow well, my mom to the office. Pokemon, yeah. <laughs> really, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, All the, this, is, yeah. this was the standard, I think in the probably 80s, 90s, I think. Right, right, right. That we, yeah. we, we, we moved from five and a half days to five days. Wow. Yeah. I have part-timed before, I think, for those five and a half days kind. Well, not yeah. a full-time So job. we have also moved with the time. So whether we will move to four days work week, I think that's something to be seen. Maybe right? we start with four and it's a half, time, like, right? four five yeah. day, half day. <laughs> <laughs> but I think from a business perspective, it's very hard because like almost every election, right? Like yeah. the, the statistics always brought up is like productivity. Singapore's productivity is either very good, very bad. And like if... Singapore is always going to be regional or even global HQ for a lot of companies and they are going to hire the talent pool from Singapore. It's very hard to know that, oh, actually if it's legislation, Singapore only works four days. Like, yeah. oh, do I really want to put my HQ yeah. here? Then maybe I want to go to KL instead. But we also have customer. to ask ourselves, you know, if we reduce the work official work hours, do we also expect the service standard to remain the same? Right. Yeah. Like whether it's FMB or public service. Mm, mm. Because if it remains the same, it means that you need more people. Yeah. To man the shift, right? Yeah. So that's something that we do not have the luxury of. La. I mean, our manpower is going down. How do we then circumvent this challenge of balancing the service expectations mm. with the desire for better work-life balance? La. Robots. <laughs> Automation. <laughs> Automation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Which is exactly. actually a great thing for the workforce because you eliminate like very menial tasks. Speaking of business perspective, so like I think Jared touched upon something earlier about how like he moved to the other job and then obviously it was higher paying that would benefit and stuff like that. At, at the end of the day, the best talent want to be paid the best. Mm. And I feel like within the same industries, the person, the people that actually lose out at SMEs because in reality, we can't compete with MNCs when regards to like the amount of pays or benefits that they can provide. As you work with SMEs, right? What is your advice to them or how, how do you think they can best make up for that gap so that 
SMEs can also attract the best talent. Yeah, indeed. Actually, in NTUC, we now have the union for SME as well. So okay. we, we bring them on board. Most of the, the employers, Tauke, uh, they will buy membership for all the employees yeah. oh. as a form of uh, staff benefits. And they are part of the network, <laughs> NTUC. Yeah, NTUC. So actually we have many, many hundreds of uh, SMEs with us now. And they join us because we are able to provide certain support in terms of training especially the, the training and transformation part that I talk about, E2I, Learning Hub. Right. And also we will look at some of their business requirements in terms of their, their future business plans. So we do have consultants within my setup to help businesses look at their uh, future business transformation, okay. job redesign. Okay. Of course, helping them to apply for grants from government. Government do have quite a number of grants for SME as well. So right. one of the big initiatives that we just rolled out is the Career Starters Lab, which is targeted at young people in their higher institution learning, IT, poly and university, to give them their structured opportunity, internship opportunity in our companies. And what, also what, to assign mentors. How does mentors. that differ from what the school gives? Yeah, so the there are a few things that we are doing differently. One is that uh, it is a more structured with onboarding and we get, we kind of curate the companies from the unions and we are working with the Singapore National Employers Federation as well. So the, the companies that come on board and that's one. The structure is a bit different. Mm. Second, there are also mentors assigned during the, mentor, the, 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 the internship. Right. So there'll be specific role given to them, what they can expect, uh, what kind of exposure they'll be given to. And then of course, mentors assigned to them to guide them through and to give them career advice. La. And must pay? Uh? No, they don't have to pay. In fact, actually we do provide some funding support for the companies who are prepared to take them in as interns. So right, we are right. starting out with a hundred companies, but we hope to be able to scale it and to get more youth to join us. And of course, in time to come, internship. La. I used to be a Nebo member. Ah, <laughs> the young, were the very member. young NTUC Nebo member. Were you? I was a Nebo member. Because we can play land at Yeah, I rolled out the I wasted so much money as a Nebo member. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you are know? already part of the NTUC network. Yeah, you yeah. have our data as like well. Like yeah. Do you know what Nebo stands for? E is everybody. Wait, not, and it's not every day. Right? Nobody enjoys being ordinary. No Nobody way. enjoys being oh, ordinary. No, okay. that's the tagline, right? That no, no, that's, that's, that's really it. Oh. Ah, yeah, acronym for Nebo. <laughs> is it a small letter, big letter, just cause that's how people used to type back then? You weren't in charge of some guy came he out. He was the millennial that came out with it. Yeah, it's cool when we touched it. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense that everyone can't even think. Hey, the membership oh. can't be cool. <laughs> this was MSN. I think, I think that's one of our efforts to try and reach out to the younger uh, people in Singapore before yeah, they even join the workforce. But they all old but now. all we did was play arcade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Hey, Jasmine, our Jasmine, uh? she went to volunteer like and and they sent her on like she interned with them also. Yeah. Oh. yeah. While we were playing, like. while we were playing, land, yeah, just me was learning life skills. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so it depends on the person, lah. Like. It's, it's really <laughs> the person, lah. So like now, like kids can still be a Nemo member now. Yeah. Yeah. It's still going on. Yeah, it's still ongoing. In fact, okay, okay. We, are, we, are, we are trying to expand the offerings other than arcade and Yeah, e please tell me what else uh, yeah, you yeah. could have offered like 14-year-old Jared. <laughs> so Nibo usually are those students at the 15 years old, yeah. you know, that kind of level. So it's actually giving them opportunity to, of course, interact. Play game. Socialize, and yeah. also to <laughs> leadership opportunity. So they do have opportunity to interact with different groups. Wait, yeah. So anyone can sign up to be a... NTUC member? Yes, anybody can sign up to be an NTUC member. 
because I remember there were booths at like yes, Downtown at the East fair la, price. Yeah, to, to like sign up to be a Nebo member. Yeah, yeah. But just to get the arcade card. La. Yeah, no, yeah. but, but for, for NTUC itself, like there's specific unions for your specific like uh, industries. So even for media professionals, there's a media professionals union yes. that we can do. I think it's creative. Creative media. media publishing union. Yes. CMPU. Yes, yes. So yes. today we have 58 unions and oh, wow, seven shit. associations. <laughs> okay. Even the creative content personnel, they can join us as a freelancer. We also have a union for freelancers and self-employed. I have an idea for, for NTUC. Yes. <laughs> ah, the audacity. <laughs> Business hey, opportunity. Wait, wait. Uh, you think through first, you think through first. I think already. The other I quiet, I think. Okay, go, go ahead. So right, again, back to the whole benefits, SME versus MNT thing, right? MNCs have the economies of scale to like pay a decent rate for like say insurance benefits and, and, and like gym memberships and all these different things that they provide, right? If NTUC for SME or whatever, like the name is, I'm so sorry, I like I didn't mean to say whatever. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so nervous. What if, right, the, the SME union thing can group together multiple SMEs, right? So we have a group buy package. Correct. For, like MINDEF in group insurance like that. Ah, and then NTUC also got insurance, got income. Uh. So then what, together, cheap rate, everyone can enjoy. That's a very good I idea. Join the union for that. So today, maybe I sell a bit of Koyo. Uh. So, hey, so yeah, NTC yeah. member, $9 a month, you pay $117, it's 13 months, right? $117 a year. Uh, actually, we don't just look at protection. So protection is one of the four Ps that we advocate in terms of the membership uh, outcomes and benefits, mm. right? So protection is a baseline because I think every worker, when they have grievances, they feel that they are dismissed in the wrong way. So union is here to support you, right? Yeah, so that's the protection part. And increasingly young people like yourselves, you may not find that as uh, necessary because you are mobile, you are empowered. If you're not happy, you can just switch company, right? Mm. But I think we still need to ensure that have this level of protection, which is a kind of insurance for workers who face uh, grievances in the workplace against their employer. So that's right. the P, the first P baseline. But we also look at privileges. And privileges is something that you mentioned. So as a union member, you do get, of course, NTUC, all the enterprise link points, mm -hmm. discount mm. at the supermarket, uh, NTUC income. Actually, every member is insured to some level as part of the membership fees that you pay every month, right? So, and also, oh. also, Training credits. Yeah. I'm not sure if you know that actually this thing called the UTAP. Actually, all of you as a member, NTC member, you pay $9 a month, you get $250 every year for training right. to any courses that you want. Which is similar to the uh, future credit. Right? So, yeah, but this is recurring. This every year you get it. Oh, right, right, yeah. right, right. So every year $250. So these are some of the privileges. Of course, we have discounts at theater, cinemas and, and food places and so on as well. Plus right? when you put together with your trust card and then you get like 222%. <laughs> Yeah, correct, 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 correct. Oh, very well, very good. You you must be a member, right? No, I'm not. The other two pieces are actually progression, which is related to training. So yes. learning hub and also for union leaders, they also have training in the OTCI, our training institution. Right. And the last one is a placement, job placement. Mm -hmm. So right. E2I is part of NTUC. So for career coaching, for job placements, and now with the Career Starter Lab, we also help to place our young people into a good companies as part of their internship opportunity. But I take your ideas. Actually for the UN, yeah. USME Tau case, um, my colleague, uh, Miss Yo Wan Ling has been looking at how to sister. support- Sister. Sister. Sister, well, <laughs> yeah, you are yeah, learning yeah. very fast. Sister Wan Ling has been looking at how to better support our US SMEs who are in our network by putting together a 
package or bundle of uh, benefits for the companies and of course for the workers who are part of the companies as well. You mentioned training, right? Based on what I've seen people take uh, their certifications, right? It seems pretty, uh, lack of a better word, basic. Like maybe it will, like really the, the ones I've seen is like, Microsoft Office. Uh. Microsoft Office, PowerPoint, Excel. So like, I'm wondering like, as a, a higher skilled like worker, right? Presumption. Very presumptuous. Is there like levels of training that will benefit me? Yeah, I think that there is training for everybody. So Learning Hub in itself do not conduct all the training. So we work with institutions, even uh, universities, uh, some of the training providers to, I think we have more than 10,000, tens of thousands of courses available for right. every level, for every wow. sector, for every skill set. Okay. In fact, we also launched uh, LXP, the learning platform, which is a uh, learning on the go. You can do your own self-directed uh, learning as right. part of the Learning Hubs initiative to empower people to, to learn on their goal. The UTEP credits can do for anything or must be like approved courses? Uh, there will be approved courses, right. okay. but I mean, it's quite, it's quite a big Extensive range. La. Yeah, okay. quite a big range. After all it. this, like, that we share, right? Like, I think many people still have this misconception that NTUC is, works for the government. They do not. So what's more. the difference actually? It's a union. Yeah. Ah. It's, it, it's separate <laughs> entities. It's just, but, but how, how do you balance that? No, like, that's why I got membership fees. The other one is taxes. Ah. Mm. Personally for you, how do you balance that? Because you are an MP, but yeah. you're also part, so that you're actually two parts of that, that tripartite. How, how yeah. do you balance it for yourself? So I'm, I'm seconded from the government to the union, yeah. right? So it's a full secondment. Yeah. That means I'm now working part of, as part of the NTUC. Um, so this started because of the, the symbiotic relationship mm. that you all talked about and the tripartism we believe is very important, right? So that's why I think we regularly, now in fact, there are seven or eight of us, Labour MP, who are now working in NTUC to make sure that we basically close the linkages between uh, the government mm. as well as the union and make sure that the union has a voice also in the government. Right. And that's the whole idea of strengthening the tripartism and the symbiotic relationship between the party and the NTUC. Wow, that's a huge weight on your shoulders yeah, because like you and the other two are like essentially speaking on behalf of every worker in parliament. Yeah, there are, there are quite a number of us and we look at different segments of our workers okay. and we try to champion their causes and advocate for them. I just want to say your shirt yeah. looks very cool because it's like, it's Uniqlo. I yes. didn't realize. Yes. So Uniqlo is a unionized company under my union actually. So I'm also executive secretary for one of the bigger union called the Singapore, it's Singapore Industrial and Services Employees Union, CCU. Okay. <laughs> sounds like a- <laughs> sounds <laughs> <laughs> For May Day, we decided to ask them if they would like to co-brand with us. Yeah. Right. Great decision. Yeah. Because, okay, the, the red t-shirts are yeah. fast compared to this. Yeah, yeah. The quality, yeah, your quality like, of the yeah. t-shirts has went up a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well done. It's a very big network, the NTUC, the unions. And we are, while in the process of, of course, our mission is to create better life for our workers, regardless of their colors, ages, and, you know, um, education and so on, nationalities included. So we want to make sure that every worker have a better life through the work that we do in supporting them. You've talked to a lot of people on the ground, right? Mm. Like what I'm curious about is like, what is like, maybe I narrow it a bit, like what is like a common like career, like related concern that they, that you feel like you often hear, you know? The different segments have sure. different concerns, yeah. right? So the young people is actually, the, it's a good problem. They are not sure which sector they should go into. 
right? There are quite a number of options. To be honest, oh. you graduate, you have a degree or even diploma or IT, a NITEC. Actually, you do have options. Yeah. So the question is, what is suitable for me? And what is my own expectation of the balance la, we talked about just now, right? So that's one question. And that's why the Career Starter Lab try to give them the exposure and opportunity to have some time to think about and experience it before they make the final right. decision. Because the school only give you that one, la, so that's if you right. want more. That's right. So that's right. one segment. I think for the middle age like myself, the concern is really about how do you ensure that you can support the parents who yeah. are kind of aged and also have time with the children who are not yet graduating, right? So mm. so I think they are sort, sort of sandwiched in that sense. And it's not easy for them to to move into a new job at that age, la, to be honest. So, but at the same time, because of the structure of our job, sometimes they have to take a, a new direction. Yeah. So that's where NTC will come in to try and support them in this in this career transition. La. Yeah, and, and I think the mentorship thing is really interesting because I think right now there are more careers than there are diplomas and degrees. Like more disciplines out there. And, and, and so like in the past, it was very clear, oh, you study law means you intend to be a lawyer, whether you make it or not, you intend to be, right? You study comms, you intend to join media. But now it's now it's like media has its own industry within media, mm. yeah. which there's no one that specializes in anything. Yeah. So I think I think mm. this mentorship thing is is uh interesting. And you brought up career coaching, right? Yeah. What what is career coaching? So essentially, um, E2I, for example, does career coaching. So they are professional career coaches who see um the workers one to one. They will try to map out what are your aspirations, what is important to you at this stage. What do you expect in terms of the the nature of work, the hours, the environment, your aspiration for progression and responsibilities, right? And then of course they then map out what are your skill sets in terms of your experience in certain sectors, certain companies and so on. And then they'll tell you, okay, you may want to consider some of these jobs that are available. So now actually there are a lot more tools, uh, platform actually system that help to match your skill sets and experience and aspirations to the jobs that are available. So mm. basically this is what the career coach does to to help individuals find out what they want and then hopefully channel them to a certain path. I think the, the hardest thing with this, the upscaling thing and, and in fact people getting sick of their jobs even quicker and quicker and quicker. Right? If I have like 10, 15 years in this certain industry, can I just go to NTUC and say, I'm looking for a job switch? Mm. Can, right? Yeah. And then what would, yep. what would you all do? Because it could be anything already. Right? Yeah. My skill set is not relevant already. Right? Yeah. So I think this is a good time to get a career coach, right? <laughs> yeah. to, to see a career coach, to basically talk through actually what, why you think you want a career switch and what are you looking out for next? Right. right? So it's basically having that conversation and then mapping out your skill sets and your expectations, and then perhaps recommending certain path for you to consider. So other than this career coach, which is a, usually a very good first step for people who wants to consider switching careers, uh, actually in E2I and WSG, they do provide funding support and NTUC as well, right? In terms of uh, what you, we call the place and train or the career conversion program. Mm. So, oh, we, so many terms. Oh. And, and actually these are initiatives to help individuals and yeah. companies also de-risk. Basically, if they employ you without skills, yeah. it's a risk to me, right? Yeah. So we actually provide funding for your salary, for your training oh. to the to the employers and they'll take you in, they'll put you on the job, send you for training 
and your salary for several months is covered by the government. Mm. Wow. Or do you consider at some point in time, you're going to consider, okay, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? I already had that thought once. Really. Okay. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> hey, welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 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 We're going to unionize it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> the benefits are going to be. Thank you. Put that on record, <laughs> right? He's going to join the union. You're not alive and nearly. I'm the what? So logically, it seems like if I want to make a career switch, right, the thing I shouldn't be doing is just like ran, just going out on my own, uh, go to LinkedIn, go to what cult jobs and all that kind of stuff and look for positions and maybe see like, okay, <laughs> I just cold call. Sounds like you do this every week here. Yeah. No. <laughs> you don't age, right? I don't. <laughs> no, but like what people should be doing, right? And this is not selling Koyo. It sounds like really the most logical thing is just go over and like get some career coaching. It yeah. doesn't mm. seem that expensive. Yeah. And then yeah. this guy will kind of help you. And then there's even like financial support. Yeah, because sometimes you get bogged down the day to day. We should all do you it can't, You can't see right. the big picture. Yeah, we should all do it and figure out whether we are, maybe I meant to be a farmer, you know what I mean? Like, oh my God. <laughs> and that's the episode. Once again, a very big thank you to our sponsors, uh, NTUC uh, and Mr. Desmond Tan, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Brother. Uh, we hope that today's conversation has given you a better idea of how to navigate your career. And if you want more information on NTUC's various initiatives, head over to the links below. Yep. Uh, that's it for today. Thank you for watching. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. What is DSG Desmond Tan's workout routine? The only thing I do almost every day is chin up. What? Okay. Wow, that's yeah. all one exercise that, that is, is a very thing. tough well, exercise. How, how many sets have you read? That's the easiest. That's the easiest. Oh, okay. Okay. So just do it before you <laughs> go to sleep, right? So how many? I just yeah. keep 10 to 12 like, every day. Just mm. 10. Oh, that's not bad. I don't think I can do 10 anymore. Do, do you leave uh, army with IPPT goal? Yes. Of course you did. La. I feel like if but you at 15, you walk also can, right? Oh, damn. No, man. you. No, man. The older you get, the easier you get. But you get older. Yeah. That's why you're it's a good reason why they lower the standards. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.